0: Welcome. This is the Business of Vulnerability, the podcast that shares the wonderful work that individuals, organizations, and communities are doing around the world to try and help those who are most vulnerable. Welcome to the Business of Vulnerability podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Jake Neely, who is the Executive Director of the Maloof Foundation. Jake, thanks so much for coming and talking to us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. I'm excited to... uh, talk to you and talk a little bit more about something that's important to me and uh, that I'm passionate about.
0: Yeah, well, Jake, uh, the Maloof Foundation's picked some interesting issues to work on. Can you explain a little bit about what the issues are that the foundation is trying to tackle?
1: Definitely, definitely. So our our mission officially is to confront child sexual exploitation. And child sexual exploitation involves a lot. It does involve trafficking, it involves abuse. and our approach to confronting that is through three primary pillars or th- three primary ways, which is education, healing, and justice. And um, we we you know chose those, and those are our focus areas. After a couple years of experience in working with various charities, uh, you know, working to make an impact, and found that um, holistically looking at an issue. Uh, those are focus areas in in which you know were really important, and it could impact more of a wider spectrum. And so, um, in, and that's where we are today.
0: Awesome. Why? What was the the origination of this? Why are these the issues that that you decided to pick as a foundation to tackle?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, Malu Foundation started in 2016, and our mission was quite broad. It was really to help people during difficult times with basic needs. And being in Cache Valley, Utah, so in the northern part of Utah, we worked a lot with our local charities, from domestic violence shelters to foster care um, and advocacy centers, uh, you know, in in this part of the state. And um, it was through those organizations that we started to learn a little bit more about what kids, especially, were dealing with. And you know, we don't have necessarily any experience, but as citizens in a country, it really as humans that uh, have, have the ability to care for one another, um, we have a responsibility to care for the most vulnerable, which, which is kids. And you know there's really not any worse crime uh, and, and then on the flip side, any greater cause than to help children that are being abused in, in the worst way and, um, and to confront a criminal, problem that that is the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world right now which you know which is human trafficking um, to really work to confront that at a high level and um, and support in a in a deeper way one of the things that's unique about maloof foundation is that we are actually closely tied to a for-profit company um, called maloof maloof makes products for the home um, every everything from you know beds to furniture and then has a number of other business units and so the mission of the organization and you know the its existent revolves around uh, benefiting people and helping people and in fact it's officially a B Corp um, and so the fulfillment of our doing good for the company really wraps up in the work that Malu Foundation does and so our, our need, our desire to give back in the community, you know, really came as, like I said, a result of working with other organizations, seeing the issues that, that happen, and then um, finding ways that all of the company resources that we have could flow into making a difference. Um, and I, I feel really lucky about that because number one, that means that 100% of the money that comes to the foundation goes right out to the cause, goes right out to impact and helping kids that have been exploited or preventing kids from being exploited. So that's very unique that 100% of the money can go out. Good good charities, really the best charities operate at um, 90% going to the cause and it's even acceptable to 70 or 60%. So 100% is unique. Um, the other big benefit is that the company's resources on the creative side from graphic design, video, messaging, software development, uh, legal, accounting, um, all of that resource is available to us. And so we can work and, and be you know, very fast moving and very effective in the things that we do that most charities just can't afford or it doesn't make sense for them to afford 10 videographers or you know, 20 graphic designers. Uh, where we have access to that resource and expertise through uh, the company, so that you know that's uh, that's one of the things that that makes it unique and and uh, and why we chose this cause.
0: How uh, how do you bring all those resources to bear uh, on on this type of problem, right? I mean, there, there's lots of foundations that do lots of different things, and you know, a common way is just kind of that pass through of of money, but it seems like the Maloof Foundation is actually um, uh, not just, um, you know, awarding grants, but are actually uh, trying to take proactive steps to try and fix the solution or the, the problem themselves.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, like I said earlier, we started with doing uh, grant making type activities. We still do that. Uh, we still, you know, love what is happening uh, in the world today to confront exploitation, to provide hope for survivors to help prevent it, and we support those efforts uh, through our resources, um, monetarily, or you know, just through time. But um, in, in some of those things, we also saw where our resources matched a need. So, one of those needs revolves around preventing human trafficking, and uh, this goes underneath our education pillar, uh, which is in a, in a new initiative we launched last year called OnWatch. And OnWatch helps people recognize the signs of trafficking and how to respond if you see it. It's free online training that anybody can access anywhere. Um, and the reason why we did this is because we saw, you know, through, our, through research, um, through reading existing research, that a very, very small percentage of human trafficking victims are identified. Um, it's less than 5% in the United States. So given the numbers of individuals where it's, it's estimated uh, well over a few hundred thousand individuals are trafficked, children are trafficked in the United States uh, with less than 5% of the population knowing what they're looking for, there is a big gap. And uh, using the resources that we have, like I said earlier, from video team to graphic design, you know, award-winning uh, people that we could bring that together and create an, a free online training platform that could help people in uh, real, legitimate ways to understand what trafficking looks like. So, OnWatches uh, has been a huge success since it's launched in September. We've trained over 16,000 people, and um, we don't push donations. It's all, like I said, it's always free. But sometimes people choose to donate, and enough did that we raised over $40,000 and helped open um, and and funded the opening of a transitional aftercare home in Montana uh, at the end of 2020. So that's been really exciting to see it take off and to continue to see the dialogue around on watch, you know, really expand. But that's a good example of one of the things where we saw a need, we recognized some resources that we have and uh you know worked to build our own our some of our own initiatives to s- supporting what, what's going on in the world today um to then you know make an impact. So yeah, that's, we,
0: that's really cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I just want to say one thing. We we encourage everyone to do the training and and you just go to iamonwatch.org and click start the training and you're in. So, you know, if anyone takes something away from this, uh, remember that URL, imonwatch.org, and uh, hit hit the training.
0: How long does somebody, uh, how long does the training take if someone wants to take it?
1: That's a good question. In total, the training takes about 60 minutes if you were to do it in one session. There are 10 modules uh, with two additional learning modules coming Uh, and and starting to roll out, but those can be done, you know, whenever you have time, you can, you can do one module at a time. So I just say five minutes a day for 10 days and, and you'll be done. It saves your progress. And then when you're done, you get a certificate of completion. Uh, You know, we see a lot of business businesses getting involved. One of my favorite businesses that uh, was involved was Casper's ice cream. They make the fat boy ice cream sandwiches and (laughs) a lot of other ice cream products. Well, you you walk into their break room and all the walls are plastered with on watch certificates of all their employees that are on watch certified. Uh, And it's a a really cool thing to see how a company like that has banded together and done something, you know, that's that's very different than making ice cream that we all love. But, um, you know, working to make an impact in the world And, and that has a positive effect on their employees, too.
0: I am curious, and, and OnWatch is a little little new, right? You said you started in September, but have you had any instances yet where someone's used the training that they've gotten through OnWatch to identify somebody um, and and help them get out of trafficking?
1: Yeah, we have. So the first two individuals that were identified and rescued were actually family members of people that took the training, which didn't come as a surprise to us, but um, but it's surprising to a lot of people to hear that. The reality is 40% of individuals that are trafficked in the U.S. are trafficked by family members. So um, the first two that uh, we heard of that were identified, one was the grandmother of a younger girl and another was an uncle. And uh, through some of our law enforcement contacts, they shared the training with people in their community, their friends, Um, two of those individuals who took the training then called and reported their granddaughter or their, their niece. And so, yeah, and we, and we, we continue to, you know, find ways to have that, that reporting come back. Uh, but obviously, you know, the, the best place to report is with law enforcement. And so, um, you know, we don't tell people to come back to us or report back to, to mm-hmm. us first. And then we report to law enforcement. I think that's something that's unique that we really encourage people to go right to the people that are making the impact, on um helping people exit and escape trafficking
0: wow that's awesome i honestly i I didn't expect you to have any to to start this being being kind of that new but but that's that's amazing and obviously those are just the ones that have come back and told you you're probably making even greater impact than you realize Um, wow so i guess you know you've taken this big step in and on watch like what's what's next for for you as a foundation what are the next things you're trying to tackle to try and move um, this issue forward.
1: So some of our other initiatives under Education, Healing, and Justice um, are forthcoming, and some are ready to go. One of the forthcoming ones uh, that's a sister to OnWatch, that's underneath the Raise, or, or excuse, that's underneath the Education pillar, is a new app called Raise that will help educate parents on how to keep their kids safe and healthy with technology, and especially at the end, avoiding online predators. So today, you know, we live in a world where most parents are not digital natives. They didn't grow up with a smartphone, but they've got kids that are uh, getting smartphones at a younger and younger age. And most of the time, that interaction looks like a parent, you know, handing a child a phone and saying, be safe, be careful. Uh, Sometimes, you know, at Christmas, someone will open up a box and it's an iPhone and they're really excited about it. And the kid knows how to use it and get around things better than the parent does. (laughs) So we're really working to change the tide, to shift the tide. So the parents know uh, that they're the experts and they know what kind of conversations to have. They know uh, the tools that are out there to help with that scenario. And in addition, on the heavier side, they know the tactics. We're teaching the tactics that groomed, we're teaching the tactics that online predators use to groom kids online. And that's the reality we we have a a great team that's putting this content together from academic scholars all the way down to undercover law enforcement and in fact our our biggest consultant for the online predator course is an undercover uh is an undercover police officer who operates social media profiles that look like a 14 year old girl and um he has seen everything. He's talked to thousands of online predators and put many behind bars because of the activity that they did online. But that's an issue that uh, is, is extremely prevalent. Um, really, any teenager that I've ever talked to, we don't have specific data on this, but um, I, I think it would be hard-pressed to find a teenager with a smartphone that has not been contacted by an online predator.
0: Hmm and 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 when do you guys uh so speaking selfishly when do you think the app will be coming out uh to be able to to do stuff i think of my two kids and realize yeah. i have no idea how to address some of those issues and I, my kids are young i've got years to learn but at the same time um there's got to be tons of people like me that think um yeah, how do you keep your kids safe so I'm, I'm curious when when will the raise app be out
1: yeah that's a that's a great question so the number one thing—it'll be out later this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. We're we're in the middle of you know finalizing a lot of the content for the courses. Um, we're kind of we're you know we've done our research, we know what's important, and so now we're formulating it together in understandable, digestible uh, uh, videos and text and and things like that that people can take in. So that's coming later this summer. The best way to stay on top of release dates and news and information is to either follow Malouf Foundation on social media. It's really easy to find us. You just type in Malouf Foundation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, or go to the Maloo Foundation website, which is MalooFoundation.org, and sign up for the um, email list at the bottom of the page. And uh, you know, through one or either of those, you'll, you'll not miss any updates. That's definitely something you don't want to
0: miss, though. Man, well, it's an awesome thing. So, so what else are you guys doing? You know, I mean, you've got so on watch and raise, and you have more things going on. That's uh, got some ambition there uh, at the I foundation. For sure.
1: Well, for sure. Obviously, uh, you know, with those things, we want to we want to prevent the problem. Unfortunately, there are those that have experienced trafficking, have experienced abuse, and so that's where our focus in healing comes in. Um, last year, we launched an initiative called Rooms Restored, uh, which, in simple terms, is a room makeover project for individuals that have been abused at home. Um, in that situation, when a child has been abused at home, it's extremely difficult because, you know, they have therapy. There are some good resources in the U.S., but going home to the same environment, you know, the same room. Uh, mm-hmm. Creates reminders of that abuse, and um, sometimes it can make the process to heal and that, that journey a little bit longer. So, with Rooms Restored, uh, we simply work with individuals and families uh, to change the bedroom environment, give the child a little bit some control over the decision making, what colors they like, you know, if they're into um, dinosaurs or cars or princesses or whatever that might be, or, you know, uh, a music band or something like that, learn about their interests. And then um, using the using the product that our, the for-profit company makes, we'll donate the bed and um, furniture and things and, and redo that environment for them so that they can have a place that is their own, uh, that doesn't remind them of abuse and that can uh, help uh, put them on their, their path to journey or, or help move them on that path of healing a little bit quicker, so um, that's been an incredible uh, initiative to be a part of and to and to see the impact that, that can make.
0: It's an interesting um, example of you using the resources of the the parent corporation, um, right? Like you, you mentioned the kind of the intangible resources, the the software development, the you know legal help, um, but as a, a group that makes stuff for homes um, it, it's a really, uh, great melding of what, what the corporation does and what the foundation does together.
1: Definitely. And that's what I always say with people that, um, that's what I would say with people who, who want to get involved. The number one thing you can do is look at your sphere of influence, who it is that, you know, what it is that you do, um, what impact that, you know, that you can make and, and use that first, do something with that, First and foremost, um, and you know, be becoming aware, educating what issues look like, and then seeing how you could apply that to you, your life, your influence, whatever that is. Um, that's how you can make the greatest impact, and then it grows after that. Just as our influence grows in life, um, from the time we were a kid to the you know to the age that we are now, whatever that age is, uh, our influence changes and grows. And so, you know, aligning yourself your influence and resources with doing good and in, in our case, helping to confront child sexual exploitation results in uh, some important things. And so those ideas have come out of, you know, looking at the problem, really, really understanding the problem and then seeing how we could help make an impact. And, and I think that's, that's another thing that's important is understanding the problem, Um, If you start doing something, you start using your influence. Maybe you start an initiative, you start a program, or maybe you go so far to start a nonprofit, or you start a new division at your company uh, that can make an impact in something. And then down the road, you find that the solution you created at one time with the influence you had or the knowledge you had of a project um, could be changed, or you could go a completely different direction to impact the problem in a greater way that's most important. It's not, sometimes uh, nonprofits get too married to the solution and, mm. uh, and they forget the problem that they're, that they're trying to solve. And then the solution that they make becomes more important than the, the cause and the issue mm. that they're, try, they're trying to solve. So I know that was a little bit of a tangent on, um, you know, how people can get involved with the influence, but or how we got involved with rooms restored, but th- that's the reality. That's how that's how those things come about.
0: Hey, it, it is a good tangent, and we'll take it. is is sage advice. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, I, I once heard a quote that fits well, I think, along with that, where it says, "You know, never let a problem be solved get in the way of a person to be helped, or you know, a person to be healed." Um, yeah. And sometimes I think nonprofits do that, right? Like you, you can accidentally um, have the solution. Be the focus as opposed to the people um and so it's it's great advice well um you know with everything that you've got going on at the foundation um and and obviously supported by the, the the corporation but how can how can people help like if i'm just you know sitting listening to this and you know say i'm just an average you know software developer or or worker or whatever it is um how can i help and then. For those who are listening that maybe are leaders in nonprofits or leaders at the government level how can how can I help what are the various ways people can help the foundation um, make its work move forward at, at a more expedited rate the,
1: the first thing i would tell people is to go to iamonwatch.org do the training and find ways that you can bring that to the people in your community um, it will help people in your community and unfortunately trafficking isn't something that's isolated to one part of town uh, one area of the United States, uh, one country in the world. It is, it is in every community. Um, and so, bringing OnWatch to your community after taking it yourself is a really good is a is a really good place to start. And like I said earlier, uh, when you do the OnWatch training and think about your influence, um, you'll you'll be inspired to think of ways to help to make an impact. Um, we had somebody in our company, he's in charge of logistics, and he did the training and loved it. And then he started talking to um, the the partners that he works with, the, the logistics companies, and uh, and shared with them about OnWatch, how it could make an impact for their business, and how, how it could ultimately help people in our world. And then that company has taken it, has taken the training. They've trained all their employees. And then they've passed it to three other sister companies. So it snowballed into 400 people doing the training. And then those organizational leaders did the training, looked at their influence, again, took it to all their people. And they're actually putting decals on all of their trucks uh, that help raise awareness about trafficking and then get more people involved. So that snowball effect is huge. So because of one person who talks to you know, a handful of trucking companies, uh, 400 people are immediately getting trained uh, with stickers on hundreds of trucks that are driving around the entire United States to help spread awareness about human trafficking. So um, there are many other stories ab- about that. Um, one other story I could share that's, that's really impactful, um, uh, a friend of mine works in supply chain in product procurement internationally. And um, he invited one of his business associates to an event that uh, was put on about two years ago. Um, We To an event that we put on about two years ago. And uh, he was impacted a lot, this uh, business partner. His name's Lee. He was really impacted, uh, saw uh, a need, and, um, and has always thought about ways that he could help since then, he's moved to another country um, and he's really become integrated in the culture and has made some very deep connections with the federal police uh, in that particular country and, uh, and is now working to bring human trafficking training uh, you know, to that country uh, through the federal police. So very high influence, very high impact, and came through one person inviting another one to an event to learn about human trafficking, so I've seen time and time again when somebody cares enough to share something with a friend, whether it's a text message, a post on social media, um, or you know, setting up a meeting where they're where they're you know even donating money at, at a lot of different levels. Um, having having that top of mind uh, is where you'll be inspired to do the biggest things in your world, in your sphere. Um, the second the, the second thing I'll just mention outside of doing the watch training um, is to join the email list and follow on social media. Uh, we work with a, a lot of individuals that are leading the dialogue on what's happening in the world and how you can get involved. Uh, we have a great government relations team that's working to Uh, change policy, uh, working to build new legislation that will help on those three areas of focus with education, healing, and justice. Um, And so one of the things that you'll learn through following on social media and getting an email list, and I'll announce this today, is a human trafficking policy summit that's happening on April 17th. Uh, We've got a lot of government leaders, senators, U.S. House of Representatives, um, down to local leaders in Utah, really the entire Utah de- delegation, um, and all the way to federal leaders from uh, the former National Security Advisor coming to speak on what, you know, what this looks like to uh, trafficking survivors, uh, what they've done to uh, other individuals that have really made an impact on trafficking. So that, will, that event will be live streamed. Of course, we can't have a, a large in-person event right now, but it is something that will be live streamed that people can watch and see. And, and that will roll out a lot of initiatives to get involved in your own state, in your own community.
0: So if somebody wants to view the live stream is the easiest way to follow, you know, social media or the newsletter to be able to get links and, and more information about it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll be, we'll be emailing a link. Uh, you can register for that live stream and uh, and get a link for that, but the uh, and we'll be sending the announcement about that very soon, where you can actually sign up for. It. And those announcements will come through our email list and on social media.
0: Awesome. Well, Jake, thank you so much for everything you're doing, and and for the work that you do at the maloof Foundation. I think thank your team and and uh, and everybody at Malouf. Um, you know, there are obviously issues that that need help, and you guys are making a big impact. So. So thank you and thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I think this is a great example of how somebody can get involved. I mean, you guys heard about the issue, heard about something, saw some influence that you have, and I know it will make a a really big impact in, in different ways. So thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to The Business of Vulnerability you or somebody you know would be a wonderful guest for our next recording please let us know at team pulse it's t-e-a-m-p-u-l-s-e at pulse thank you